kick in the nuts in Duval and a Bearsian Sunday night performance have both teams reeling. But home openers and a sense of optimism still remain heading into week two. And Kevin King gives up another touchdown. Why is he still on this team? This is the War on 94 Sports Podcast. Your weekly dose of everything Chicago and Milwaukee sports. Now, here are your hosts, Frank Fernandez and Evan Schleinser. What's up, everybody, and welcome back. Another episode of the War on 94 podcast is here. As always, it's Frank here with Evan. And Evan, how are we feeling? I It's what, it's, what day is it? Friday? <clears throat> it's mm-hmm. Friday, and I still haven't digested that loss from last, week, from last weekend. Uh, mm. So, you know, the work week moves on, but holy crap, was that awful. And I can't wait to scream at the world about it. <laughs> it was How tough it was you? definitely not well, yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm still reeling uh a tough sunday night loss definitely not unexpected um as you mentioned in the intro very bearsian uh we'll get into it definitely surprised by the packers i cannot wait to talk about that one let's not waste any more time let, let's give the people what they're looking for we'll start with the best thing we saw all week how about you start us off yeah, best thing I saw this week. It is actually something that was just announced a few days ago. On Wednesday, the Milwaukee Bucks announced that they would be hiring the first women's broadcast announcer to be hosting like on a home network, not like national. Obviously, ESPN has some, you know, has some people and things like that, but her name is Lisa Byington. Bing Byington, B-Y-I-N-G-T-O-N. I, I'm sorry, I butchered that last name. But she's the first female full-time TV play-by-play announcer for a major men's professional sports team. So across all four leagues. That is awesome. There is, there is not one until until Lisa for the Milwaukee Bucks. She will be starting next season. Uh, and I, yeah, as you said, that's awesome. It's, you know, you, there are plenty of, of females in in sports casting, just as we've seen in the array of the actual sports world, who are finding their way into these positions, deservedly so, and killing it. I mean, Mina Kimes comes to mind, Lisa Salters, like, you know, you can think of a three or four names off the bat who have made, done a really, really sure. good job in sports media. And mm-hmm. I, I am unfortunately not familiar with this Lisa woman. But I'm sure she is great at her job. She's deserving of this role. And I could not be more excited and happy for this franchise in the city. That's a really, really cool mark to have. Yeah, that is that is really cool. I did, honestly did not even hear anything about that. Such an awesome move by the Bucks. I'm sure she's extremely deserving. It looks like she's worked on March Madness in the past, did some work in the 2021 Olympic Games in Tokyo, soccer play-by-play announcer did women's world cup on fox so she's got the she's got the credentials oh, i say i'm sure it's a voice we've all heard before and just don't know the name yeah and, <laughs> and she's file and she's like following up a legend in in milwaukee i know I, I i wish i had the guy's name off the top of my head but the she's replacing a guy who's who was there for almost 30 years as the bucks play-by-play announcer so to be able to come into that role it definitely won't be easy for her, but I know that she obviously 
has been around the block and it'll be a very cool opportunity. And Jim Paschke. Yes, there you go. He just just retired. So that's why, that's why he's being replaced. Exactly. And so I obviously, and it'll be such a great way for like young women and girls who are watching the NBA or any sports to hear other women on there. Um, and in this play-by-play role that just gives them, shows them that there's an opportunity there for them. And we'll just see this more and more as time goes on. So really yeah. cool uh, by the Bucks and good for Lisa Byington to get into that, uh, get into that role. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Monumental yeah. groundbreaking. Some might say. <laughs> Seriously. Um, my best thing I saw this week uh, is a little different. A little, uh, a little more, <laughs> more humorous. A little, a little more humorous, and a little more on the mean side, I guess you could say. But uh, on Sunday after the after Week One, the Chargers defeated the Washington Football Team, and their social media team, who is usually like making headlines for their great content that they put out, uh, decided to. Poke a little fun at, at Washington, their logo, the W, um, and turned it into an L and had a sort of Sesame Street themed uh, letter of the day type thing where they had them singing. What's the letter? What's the letter? What's the letter? The letter of the day. And they turned the logo into an L and had the score up on the screen, up on as a picture. And just, I mean, all in good fun, obviously, but just funny to see that kind of thing. And such a like seems such like such a stray bullet at the (laughs) at the Washington football team. This I mean, obviously, I know like once you go into those situations, it's like head to head. You're going to be like, you know, creating some friction with each other. But uh, such a random team for them to do that, too. You think they would save that for like a a a Las Vegas Raiders, a a, a Kansas City Chiefs, someone along those lines. But then just to come out week one and just like what are they what else are they going to do the rest of the season? They've got they've got something, you know, they set the bar pretty high right there. Yeah, no, I I think I think you you nailed it. Um, It certainly seems like uh, ammunition that should be saved for a divisional divisional (laughs) opponent. But I think it comes down to two reasons. One, and this the first one is unconfirmed, um, but I believe the PR lady who or the PR representative who runs that account has history with the city of Washington. I think she worked for the Nationals at one time and and produced an equally like ridiculously fire account when she was there too that was the story i've heard i have not verified that but i'm running with it because why not but the obvious you know it's it's a pretty low-hanging fruit when you think about it i mean it's their their logo is a giant w yeah Uh, i'm sure they use that when they win and i would why wouldn't you it's pretty easy it's built in but to just take it and do a little photoshop retouching and put a put a sesame street song over it is it's it's comedy gold is what it is it yeah and, and she did exactly or he or she had did exactly what they're supposed to do with their job is is fine make a tweet that goes viral they have nothing to do with the team and nothing you know besides the fact that they run the account and share stats and share pr and get clicks mm-hmm. and she did her job 10 out of 10 so uh, it was yeah. incredible it was incredible. Just put in a you body love, bag. You love to see it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You love to see it. So great to see. I'm so happy that 
uh, the NFL is back in general since we so we can get all those great things. Yeah, but, and what a week it was. Holy crap. I don't think yeah. there was a bad game of football I watched except for, ironically, our two teams. Well, there were two. Yeah, there are two that yeah. come to mind. <laughs> um, let's start with one that was I, uh, the more surprising of the two, and that was the, the Packers heading south to Jacksonville to play the, the Saints. Neutral site, although it was like seemed like mostly Packers fans in Jacksonville. And boy, did the Saints just really give it to them. What what can you say other than ouch? I had a yeah, I, I took no, notes during the game. I took notes during the game. The first note was just stinky, stinky, stinky performance yeah, stinky. by the Packers all around. Stinky. Ouch, ouch, ouch is the is the summarizing word. Uh, I mean, thirty eight to three. Uh, the only silver linings being that. Uh, the last time Aaron Rodgers threw two picks in a season opener, he won the Super Bowl in 2010. And last year, the Saints <laughs> beat the beat the the Bucks 38 to three. So, you know what? We'll we'll run with that. Other than that, hmm. there is just nothing to take away, except for let's start here. What in the absolute hell was going on defensively? You you know you bring in a new coordinator, and it, it was a hire that we we and a lot of other people in Packer nation um, criticized initially because it didn't exactly bear fruit. I mean, this is the guy who championed the, the award-winning defense that brought the Detroit lions in Owen 16 season. So, you know, this guy's got a really, really solid resume in Joe Barry, <laughs> but it, it, it looked worse than what Petten did. It looked like the same thing that Petten did just worse. I mean, you're going to let Jameis Winston go out there and, I would think it was 140 and a few touchdowns and, and Kamara run over like seven yards of play. I mean, it just was, there was no success in any shape of the field whatsoever. You know, the Packers had a drive, then they punt, then the Saints marched it down like 15 plays for 80 yards and a touchdown. And it just a backbreaking, demoralizing drive. Then the Packers go out, have another drive. They punt Saints did the same exact thing. Like 12 plays 75 yards or something like that just their deal they were winning at all points of the ball the we could generate no pass rush the except for Jair which they didn't throw to at all because you know he's good at his job we couldn't cover for crap Mm -hmm. Kevin King was still on the field Stokes saw zero snaps what is going on great start for my key player for the Packers season. And it's proved right there. Like this is the guy <laughs> he better damn worth be something because if he gets on the field and he's worse than Kevin King, we're in for a crack of shit because Kevin King allowed more touchdowns than he had recorded tackles. He recorded one tackle on the entire day and uh, just, and it's not all, it doesn't all fall in the corner because they obviously want the coordinator to your design schemes that put you in positions to win at your battle. You have to execute what he wants you to do, but you know, just horrible coverage all around Mm -hmm. the only three QB hits that, and no pressures. Only one that actually generated anything was taken, which would have changed the game was taken back Mm -hmm. by a phantom roughing the passer call that pretty much everybody is egregious. Terrible call. Yeah. Terrible it, call. You can't pin it on the it, he, refs. It was no, and, and the he, score was pretty yeah. out of hand by that point. But you know, yeah. that's that's the back that's the straw that broke the camel's back at that point. It changed mm-hmm. the game drastically. 
I agree. Uh, it took away an interception from Darnell Savage, and it well, just then he returned from know, the end zone all the way out to midfield. Yeah, and it just it took the air right out of the Packers that were just barely holding on to any sort of life at that point, and the Saints turned around, used it, and scored a touchdown. So yeah, uh, that was really a huge huge difference and it was just such a terrible call i mean we see this way too often and we always can complain about it but i don't know what else the darius smith is supposed to do there he hit him exactly how they train you to hit somebody with his shoulder not even in the head it was right at his chest it was just just soft completely soft and even i can sit here and say that was a terrible call yeah and and and, you know what little solace there is. Thankfully, there it's a unanimous outcry at the atrocity. You know how atrocious that call was. But you know at the end of the day, it it was a it was a giant momentum changer. But it was not the winner loss of the game. It was there was a lot more than went wrong. Yeah, I mean going forward, I, thank God we have the Lions next week. I guess for defensive <laughs> reset because. There, there needs to be giant changes, and and there need like on the I mean across the whole team, but especially defensively. Eh? That defense was not anything to make me feel any sort of confidence about that we're winning anything beyond a division title if we're lucky. <laughs> I mean, just garbage, straight garbage. Mm. The offense didn't really, you know, there's not there were so pitiful that there's not much to comment on besides what. Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers have already identified uh, postgame, so I'll take you through that. It, uh, you know, Matt LaFleur, his biggest quote from that postgame press conference was that guys were not prepared and motivated to play at all, like just play a game, like not even go out and battle. Like they weren't just like, you know, they weren't up ready to where they should be. And LaFleur admitted that the biggest problem with the offensive production was the lack of run establishment. Um, it allowed the mm-hmm. Saints to just – uh, back up and you know they had a dominant D line. The O line, for what for what it's worth, did a good job. You know, in most phases of the game, obviously they couldn't win battles and get the get the run established. But the, you know, Saints have always had a formidable formidable defense. They won. They won at the point of attack and they couldn't get the ball going. And then the score got ran up so fast that they had to abandon that. So the Saints just sat mm-hmm. in two high safeties, which is Aaron Rodgers' Achilles Achilles heel. And and they just said, beat us, try and find a way to beat us. And Rodgers normally can. Obviously, this is a once in a blue moon game for him. But, you know, when he doesn't have it, he doesn't have it. He looks like a pedestrian quarterback. And that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, one of the worst games, if not the worst of his career, only the third time, only the third time he's ever had multiple interceptions with no touchdowns in a game and the worst loss of his career. And uh, I mean, you, what was the reason behind? I mean, I, I'm looking at the box score. Why did Aaron Jones only touch only have five carries? Well, cause look like, at the, well, look at the total yardage of those carries. They couldn't get anything going. And by the time they were, they got the ball back to try and get it going past, past five carries, they were down 14 nothing and had to pass for their lives. This is, this is part of a team growing. I mean, Lafleur's what, in only his third year of coaching. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe he's got a takeaway that he should be more resolute in the game plan and just stick to what he knows works and, you know, try and find ways to get Jones open. Cause when you get the, the, the team, when you get the defense, 
pushing more and more downhill to stop Jones, stop Dylan in the back in the backfield or in the flat. You know, you might get op- get open some of those looks deep, but it just never came. And then by the time they actually did string a drive together, they got the ha- they get the late drive right before halftime to get the field goal. And then the next two drives after that were interceptions, you know, interceptions from Rodgers. Um, one of them, unfortunately, mm-hmm. did. I don't know if you saw this, but on McAfee, he admitted and, and there are shots to prove it. He got uh, a, du- a double whack to the nuts. And he's like, Oof. he's like, I had the throw. I was like, and like he said, right at point of release. So that's why he like he just yoinked it left and that it went right to the defender. It was a pretty funny oh. clip. It was, it was like when the first three or four minutes and he remarked he doesn't wear a cup. And I, I think he still is oh. not going to worry about it, but he's debating it longer, which <laughs> idiotic. Please wear a cup as a yeah. sports, as an athletic trainer. Please wear a cup. Oh, my God. But horrible. Yeah. So, and you know, and sometimes you know, honestly, the chips can fall in, you know, not your way in the X's and O's of football. And sometimes you just have unlucky shit like that, right? Like, sounds like he was happy with the throw. He was happy with the execution of it. And then just, you know, one in a million shot and, and messes it all up. I don't, I can't blame him. I can't sit here and say I'd be accurate when I'm not even accurate without getting whacked in the nuts throwing a <laughs> football. So I just, offensively the the they both Matt LaFleur and Rogers seem to be very calm and level-headed and it is only week one it's not time to push the you know DEFCON 4 panic alarm but um they pick up the pieces move on and expect to see a better game against a defense who you've had your way with who doesn't look very very competent they just gave up 41 points to the Niners um yeah. and and figure it out you know on monday night football at home in front of your home crowd first time lambo's had fans and all you know for a regular season game since pre-pandemic so bring the noise bring the game plans bring the preparation and get me a freaking win please <laughs> yeah they need it in the worst way i know obviously the media is losing their minds but yeah i, I think the, i don't think there's really anything to worry about oh no the way you the way rogers and lafleur have talked all week so far uh behind closed doors there is there's not a sense of panic it's there's 16 no. more games to go and you played a team mm-hmm. who, who was bringing a new quarterback into the play and you you know a lot of people including probably both of us underestimated that saints team they performed oh well above expectations and i think we Majorly all thought un- the same Jameis that was in tampa bay was going to appear and that did not happen yep. so and you know michael thomas you know right now and who was their number one receiver i think it was deontay harris had the most yards for them like yeah would have saw that coming like yeah they're relying you know, on deontay harris team and marquez calloway yeah like obviously this is a team that has been good for most of our adult lives but they looked to be kind of in a transitional period. We didn't, we don't know what was going to happen. And Jameis, he's, I mean, you put him in a good system. You don't make him throw the ball 50 times and force him to throw in a triple coverage. Uh, I mean, he looked great. I mean, he only had like 148 yards, but five touchdowns. You can't argue with that. If you're, right. if you're a saints man. Yeah. So no, he played well. And going through with Jameis for sure. But yeah, please let's not talk about that anymore. Let's talk about your team no. on Sunday Night Football. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've had enough misery. Just, Time for your misery. Yeah, you know what? I'm just. I wish this game would have been at noon or like three o'clock <laughs> on, in the national on, eye. on Sunday because nobody would have really paid attention to it. You know, we would have just moved along. But instead, everybody 
is watching one game on Sunday night and it's the Bears just getting kicked around by this new juggernaut in the NFL in the in the Los Angeles Rams. It was okay. All all jokes aside and all everything aside, honestly, wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Um, I thought the offensive line for what it was looked pretty decent. Let's start there. Let's start there. I mean, they were creating big holes for for David Montgomery all game. They were giving Andy Dalton time to pass, even though he really didn't take much time because he was getting the ball very quickly on a lot of short throws. Um, I mean, despite a couple of injuries to Jason Peters and Larry Borom, I thought they did pretty well. They obviously allowed they allowed three sacks in total. Two um, were from the same guy. It was um, uh, Justin Hollins, and then one to Aaron Donald at the end of the game that kind of like sealed things. But overall, I mean, against one of the best defenses, defensive front sevens in the league probably the best defensive player in the league. I thought they held their own pretty well and they're not going to be facing many more defenses on this, this caliber, you know? So good. I mean, kudos to them. I hope we can stay healthy and I hope we're not having this carousel of offensive linemen that we had last year, (laughs) but it's already, I mean, it's already looking that way now that we've had two quick injuries. I really can't complain much about them. The, The one thing I will complain about though, is the defense. Um, this is supposed to be the the staple of the bears, you know, what we can kind of like hang our hat on when our offense is what it is for my, you know, my entire life watching the bears, our offense has been questionable at best. And then our defense is what we, what we kind of is our bread and butter. We, we can kind of lean back on them and allow them to sort of create turnovers, create points and, you know, make plays to keep us in games our secondary is just absolute garbage right now. And I guess that's what happens when you prioritize not holding on to them, letting a guy like an all pro, like Justin Fields walk. Yeah. They didn't you, let we saw what happened. What did you say? They oh, didn't let Fields walk. Cal Fuller, Cal Fuller, but <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Also, uh, all Kyle pro Fuller. is a bold prediction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cal Fuller is what I meant. Cal Fuller, secondary. One of the best slot cars in the league. Yes. But yeah, we saw it. That was the difference. Those two broken plays. I mean, the first one that passed to Van Jefferson where he caught it and fell to the ground and there were two, two bears players standing around him and they just let him stand up and run into the end zone. Nobody touched him. What the hell was that? Nobody touched him. You don't even have to tackle him. You just touch him with two hands and he's down. (laughs) It's literally the only part of the game that becomes flag football. Or two hand yeah. touch backyard football. It's, yeah, it's literally like we're in recess. All yeah, it's like you're in recess again, and you, and you can't do that. I mean, that was horrible. The play with the Cooper Cup. I mean, he was he was twenty yards away from any Bears defender when he caught that pass. Who did who? Um, this was a great great Monday Twitter fo- football Twitter interaction. Who was the 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 he was copper cup blew past a guy who was carrying him but sat in zone and didn't and expected the safety to pick him up as he went over top who was i i forget who who the coverage was pinned the blown coverage was pinned on i believe that was kindle vildor 
Oh, interesting. I want to well, say it was him. The conversation was that the defense, a lot, you know, Orlovsky, who who I find normally has a great Twitter follow, was uh, was on first take in the morning and on Twitter afterwards. Like this was not, and I think even immediately during the game was like that was not a a, a blown coverage. That was a, he he beat it, he beat it, him or something. He we had an argument. Yeah. It was like it it wasn't it, it wasn't a blown coverage. It was it was, and he was like, no, it absolutely was. He was supposed to carry that guy. The safety thought he was carrying that guy, and he turns around and sits mm-hmm. in the zone for God knows what reason. It was yeah. it was a defensive miscue, which you know. Not that you want to see that in week one, but I guess if you're going to do it in week week one, that's probably the best week to do it. You know, back to the drawing board pretty quickly, pretty quickly, and learn about it. It, yeah. it just, as you said, it, a defensive performance that just leaves you ha- scratching your head. And again, that's how the Bears or that's how the Rams, as you also mentioned, are going to beat teams this year. Matt Stafford is a deep ball king. This is mm-hmm. this is Sean McVay's wet dream he is you know he's on top what you saw the touchdowns to cup and van jefferson are is what how the rams are just going to surprise the shit out of everyone this year and you can try as you might to cover that but you got woods cup jefferson and a pretty dang good tight end and higby running around out there Mm -hmm. i i I challenge you to find four men that can carry and djax on the team weirdly enough i challenge you to find four men who can cover those guys readily and also yeah, find a fifth nickel nickel corner of safety to pick up Djax because mm-hmm. it, it ain't going to happen. So, yeah, yeah I mean, defensively a head scratcher. Yeah, I will also say that Eddie Jackson, I don't know what happened to, this, to that guy. 2018, you know, amazing year, got a huge extension, became one of the best, you know, in the talks with some of the best safeties in the NFL. And ever since then, he's just like forgot how to tackle. I say he doesn't know how to tackle freaking pumpkin. Yeah. He's, he's really disappointed me, but I mean that there was talk about him that he really benefited from being like in college really benefited being on some all time defenses with Alabama, you know, was on an amazing defense in 2018 with the bears. And then as soon as they kind of falter, he showed like his true colors come out, but I mean, it, it's just super disappointing. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, the defense just sucks. made me. It was hard to watch. I mean, <laughs> it, that sucks. was it was it was yeah, it sucked. Yeah. And it was it's it's so weird for me to see a Bears team with such a bad defense, but it feels like this has kind of been boiling for a while, like. Last year they weren't very good. We kind of had their moments, but now it feels like it's really rearing its ugly head, and it's it could be a long season if that's the case. Especially because our offense. I mean, we had moments like that opening drive. We it looked pretty great to start that huge return by <laughs> Khalil Herbert. That was awesome. Then David Montgomery great gets start. a fifty-seven yard fifty-seven yard run to set us up. Incredible start, uh, all, yeah. All of a sudden, Justin Fields is out there. He throws like an eight-yard pass to set us up inside the ten. Okay, and then Decent stuff. And then we have we're setting up. We're about we're about to hand off to David Montgomery at the like with it, you know right in the red zone. Bring it to the house. Cole Komet, false start. Next play, interception. There goes your momentum. 
the and most Bears drive in the world. <laughs> it, and of course, it was like the opening drive of the season. It was everything was setting us up to right. be right where we needed to be scoring like punchy in the mouth Rams like come at us. Nope. It's, you know, just Classic. like a like a fart in, like a fart in a bathtub, you know. <laughs> Classic Bears. Uh, um, I think, yeah. I, yeah, we've we've harped negatively. Um, yeah. I, I just well, want to go back. You, yeah, well, I just want to go back. Offensively, the biggest takeaway for me was, and and I couldn't be more thrilled to say this, but David Montgomery is a legitimate NFL running back. Yes, I sat there scoffing, and I still don't want to take it all the way because this Bears team is still the Bears team, and there's a lot more that has to go right. But I, I against a really tough defensive front and defense in general, you're right. He ripped off that 57 yard imme- run immediately. He hit the hole. He you know was adjusting. He was cutting in space. He was making guys miss. He looked like when everybody laughed, it, you know, when he got drafted, is that they viewed him as a Kareem Hunt like back, and he had shades of that. He has that low center of gravity where you can't tackle him he has that agility he has the top speed when he gets out in the in the space it 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 looks to be a really really solid crutch for this bears offense to lead on you know no matter who's at the helm and mm-hmm. you know concerns obviously we we talked in the uh preview podcast about o-line they obviously outperformed what we expected but you did see jason peters walk off get injured the first game i think he i think he came back i'm not yep. sure quad injury is he what's his status i don't do you know have you heard anything this week uh, he was he was did not practice today um we're still waiting to see what the game decision is for him so okay. we'll see what the story so, is I, i'm yeah. slim chance to play this weekend yeah but Man, a man's 40 years old like yeah exactly um but yeah i mean and then, and then this brings brings to as we mentioned on the drive, you saw flashes of Justin Fields, and believe it or not, against again a really tough defense, Fields and Nagy showed that they can run this offense together. And mm-hmm. yet, who took the bulk of quarterback snaps? Andy Dalton. And yeah. I'm going to say it right now: this week against the Bengals, a team who put scored a lot against the uh, soft Minnesota defense, but let them back into the game and almost tied with them because what's better than what's better than an opening week, sucky football tie. If he does not, if Dalton does not do well this week against the Bengals, it's his last chance. He's done. He's done after this mm-hmm. game. I, it'd be, I, and, and, and if as a neutral fan or as a bears fan, which that I am not, I would be screaming if we come into this podcast next week and we are not confident that, you know, Andy, a Andy Dalton has looked bad and B we are not confident that Andy Dalton will not get any more looks because it, this, there's just Justin Fields showed it. He can run the ball. He can move around. He can read the quick decisions and he doesn't need to be, you know, an MVP level quarterback week one. He can grow into the offense, and we talked about this. I, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, I was trying to be cautious, right? But after seeing him on an NFL field against a very competent, probably deep into the playoff NFL defense, he he has to start. 
He has to yep, start. I and agree. That's it. No, and it's it's just the shot in the arm that the offense needs. This offense has no spark. There's no spark. There's no creativity. We saw two passes of more than ten yards this week. Two, and one was intercepted. That can't. You're not going to win games. Defenses are not going to even be worried about you. Like, and and honestly, Dalton like didn't play bad. On no, Sunday, he really not. didn't play bad. He did enough to get to keep the Bears in the game, but he had 27, 27 passes, twenty seven completions for two hundred and six yards. I mean, that's just Mitch Trubisky all over again. That's I say, nothing. I will, that's I, will, I will caveat that he didn't play bad. You're right, but nothing about what he did mm-hmm. is good. Exactly, and he didn't do anything. Not, yeah, it's not it a was, winning recipe. It was average quarterback play. Nothing good, and. It's just we're not going to be able to keep up with teams. This is going, you know, we did, we're just we need this shot in the arm, and Justin Fields is the shot we need. We saw when he came in, everybody was excited. He he had his touchdown, which was awesome. He came in on that on that uh, red zone uh, possession, ran the ball in a design QB run. Love to see that. Something that we would never get from from Andy Dalton, who actually did move <laughs> around a little bit in the pocket. Which I was not ready for. He he did run for a first down on a on a broken play. Good on him. But that design run from from uh, Fields, and then he goes in the end zone, and everybody was so hyped. Like uh, the the whole offense on the field celebrated with him, and then the entire bench was just losing it. Like you saw how excited oh, yeah. it, it like gave everyone a pep in their step, and it brought the Bears right back in the game. And then he's off the field. It's just it made no it didn't really make any sense. Like if you're going to play him, play him like don't just bring him in to do like a reverse sweep. Like what is that? Like Andy Dalton yeah, can hand the ball off to Darnell Mooney on a on a sweep like a jet sweep like that. You don't need Justin Fields in there. It was just it just felt like it, it's like if you're going to start, if you're going to play him, play him. If you're not, at least and let Andy Dalton keep his rhythm going and like kind of get into the, you know, get into the swing of things, but it, it just feels like it like cuts him off and then you bring him back out for a play. And it's like, just pick one or the other and don't do this. Like, will they, won't they thing? Like just commit like Matt yeah. Nagy, you are no, lucky I, to have I, a job I, right now. You're lucky to have a job. So just grow some balls, put Justin Fields on the field uh, out there and like, let him make mistakes. Let him try new things, you know, like just, just do it. Do it. That's all. I mean, I don't know what else I have to say. But yeah, just, no, he, just put him he's out there. trying to be he's trying to be like uh, Shanahan out in San Francisco with, with the way he's bringing Lance in and out. And I don't even like that out there either. Like, you know, Mm-mm. obviously having a dynamic playmaker on the field increases your potential of scoring and making a dynamic play happen. Sure. Fine. Whatever. But then just why not do it all the time? So, yeah, mm-hmm. um. like i said this is the litmus test this is the final shot i think that dalton gets he has to prove that he can lead a commanding game against a very soft defense and look well doing it and and or else it's it's gonna have you know it's gonna have to be fields time let's do a quick little heat thing here I mean, things, you know, is there a couple things you're going to look for, I guess, from the, you know, we talked about the Packers and the Lions a little bit. So, you know, 
defense needs to rebound offense needs to rebound everybody needs to rebound go beat the shit out of the lions <laughs> please and don't lose your kneecaps in the process what is the biggest thing you want to see aside from aside from justin fields in the next game here against the cincinnati Bengals home opener at soldier field i want to see the defense especially the secondary step up because this is a team that likes to air the ball out we saw in week one joe burrow is a legitimate nfl quarterback and he's got some really nice weapons out there he's got t higgins he's got jamar chase who is as good as advertised we saw what they did against he doesn't have any uh, trouble seeing those footballs no you know that was definitely like a ploy that he must have done to to like make people think he wasn't going to be good and then he goes out and balls like like i kind of thought he would and then he comes out with that number yeah. one chain on that was sick in the post game press conference yeah. he had a, a big gold chain with the number one fucking he's gonna be so cool for so long but i really need to see the the secondary step up and they need to make plays i mean i need some takeaways i need pressure on the quarterback i need joe burrow to be uncomfortable and i need to see more downfield play from this offense like Andy Dalton can air the ball out he's not he doesn't have like some arm that can't I mean, he, can throw the ball 20, <laughs> he can throw the ball 20 yards down the field I mean he has like get Allen Robinson involved enough of this short like dump it down and you know go five yards and move on to the next play so I need to see that and just more David Montgomery more would be great he had a, I mean, a great game. Like we said, sixteen carries, one hundred and eight yards, and a touchdown. More is great. I would, t- I would love ten more carries. You know, <laughs> um, I, I like the inclusion of Damian Williams in the offense. He had a very nice game as well. But just let let David Montgomery be the bell cow. He is. He's an every down back. He's he's got everything it takes to be that guy. So just let him go. Let him do his thing. And I'm hoping to see more Justin Fields this week. I don't really know what that looks like, but we'll we'll see. I, I'm yeah, I'm more confident going into this game, I think, than I was last week because I just felt like we had no no absolutely no shot in in week one. This week I feel confident. I've been thinking this would be our first win of the season. Back at home, Soldier Field, first first game with fans in over you know, last season no fans at all. This season full stadium. I right. think it's going to be rocking. I think people are going to be excited, but it could easily, easily become a very hostile environment for the Bears very quickly if things with Andy Dalton do not go well. So keep that in mind if when you're watching, if you're watching on Sunday, this game could turn very quickly into booze rain, raining down on Matt Nagy and Andy Dalton and the Chicago Bears. Yeah. One thing you mentioned, Damian Williams, Damian Williams, and it made me think, I know he signed an extension and he's currently on the pup list, but is, does Tariq Cohen still have a spot on this team? If he can, when, if, and when he comes back, I I think so. I think so. I mean, I think he's got, we obviously know that what he's able to do we've seen him he was poised to look pretty good last year obviously got hurt pretty early on but I think that he still has a role and he I mean I hope so I liked I liked Tariq Cohen and I you know I wish he could go back to that rookie year or no it was the second year when he had his 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 pretty big breakout 
he had 725 yards receiving um, and yeah. five touchdowns. So if he can come back and be like anything like that 2018 version, like sign me up because I love a good like Darren Sproles type guy coming out of the backfield. Like I think him and Monty together, I don't really see Damian Williams as like a long-term fit in Chicago. I think he's kind of like a, like replacement for Cohen while he's kind of getting back to, you know, full health. And I, st- I definitely think there's a role for, for Tariq Cohen, especially with Justin Fields in, in a quarterback. Well, it's a role for that, a player like Cohen when, no matter who is at quarterback, but yeah, but especially with a guy like Tariq with like uh, Justin Fields, with that misdirection, the read option, RPO offense, I think he fits very well, just like he did with a guy who was more mobile in Mitch Trubisky. He had his best season with a guy like that. I think that he could really come back and and be a breakout guy again. So I hope so. I hope that's the case when, he, yeah, when he's uh, fully healthy. That's further down the road. We don't have to worry about that now. I just wonder with, with Damian looking the way he did, I, I had that thought. It, 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 it kind of gives me like reminders of a um of a, you know duke johnson this was a player who mm-hmm. was in the cleveland area you know on a team that and i'm not saying that the bears rosters ever been devoid of talent but the browns team certainly was when he was in the roster and he got a lot of work he got a lot of good running and pass catching work and he people thought you know there's a lot of Tariq already obviously got a, a a decent extension it's only a few million a year it's not anything crazy um, but you people were wanting a big money extension for Duke Johnson and ended up ended up not getting it and has since you know not been able to find more footing in the NFL since. So I don't know. It's it, it remains mm-hmm. to be seen. Um, like you said, he's still in rehab. He's still on, he's on the pup list. So it's six weeks until he can even come back. Yeah, think at least about six weeks, back. right? Score predictions. What do you got? Let's start with the game we were just talking about in Soldier Field. I like the Bears. I'm going to go 24 to 21. I hope the bears use Cairo Santos more this week because he's a really good kicker and they went for fourth down on fourth down a little too much for my liking last week. So I hope it, I think it's going to come down to a, a Cairo Santos field goal and the bears will be Cairo one Santos one. field goal. Bears are two and a half point favorites at home. The line or the over under is 45. So you said 24, 21. That kind of fits in. That's a, yeah. Yeah. I say you're, you're hitting that line immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're exactly what Vegas is hoping for in that scenario. <laughs> I, uh, I definitely originally had chalked this as a win for the bears. I think I'll still stick with that. Um, I, I'm less confident than I was, especially after seeing the Bengals potential on offense. I won't say they succeeded mm-hmm. on offense because Zach Taylor still had a very vanilla play call scheme and I did not like it, but they, even with that showed flashes. So I will say I'm going to go 20, 20, eight to 26 because that sounds fun okay the bears win okay four straight touchdowns seems a little ambitious for it but you know what let's i'm here for it bears have a bounce back game packers are playing the lions Lions. on monday night football let's see what that beautiful line's at this is a game that is 
Packers are ten and a half point home favorites with an over under wow. of forty eight. That seems that seems generous to me. I think I'm smashing that Packers in the points line. Um, I feel like Rogers post a beatdown like that normally comes out pretty angry and pretty ready to go. This team mm-hmm. is defensively. I can't promise anything, but offensively this team is going to be shooting away. I'm going to say that this ends pretty comfortably in favor of the Packers. I feel like a 33 to 17 kind of line is, is where we're looking. We, we, we saw the Lions team fight last week and they can certainly score Goff Goff is a quarterback who looks good in his own right. Any day. I mean, he's not, he's definitely know, he's, a quarterback. Yeah, he's definitely a quarterback. We've talked before. He has he's his a quarterback. Yes. He, he went to, yes. you know, yeah. went to a Super Bowl at some point. So, um, yeah. he, he can, he can, he can sling the rock around and he can find some, find some receivers on his own team as well as the other team. So yeah, I'm going to say they score a little bit, but the, the, the surprise is over that you know people know that this Lions team will fight and the Packers find this scheme to kind of neutralize them uh mm. I think I think like 30 yeah 33 17 yeah no I definitely like that I like the points and I like the like the over in this game um I think it's going to be I'm gonna go like 34 to 20 I'll say the the Ram or the uh, Lions score a bit but they can't just can't keep up with the with the Packers. It's yeah. much much better team than the Niners, and um, oh, yeah, I'm like, so happy to hear you say that. <laughs> I, oh, for sure, for sure. I think the Packers are still much better than the Niners. Um, I just can't trust Jimmy G. But yeah, Packers points big time. I think it's a huge bounce back game for them. I think that brings us to what the final bit here. Yeah, let's finish it up with the fantasy player of the week um yeah. let's see how we did let's, last let's do week a little first re- off let's do a little recap <laughs> um you picked. i'll be honest <laughs> i picked brandon ayuk um from the san francisco, san francisco 49ers brandon i you would think, yucky i yucky um you would think in a week where his team scored 41 points the man would have maybe contributed a little bit the answer is no Zero catches, zero yards, zero chance he is starting for me the rest of the season. (laughs) He returned punts. Give him that. Come on. He I mean, it was a big fat zero on my on my board. So I I would say that it was a all around failure. Kurt uh, Debo Samuel, someone you did mention last week. We were like, oh, Debo or, you know, Ayuk over Debo. Okay, he had nine catches for 189 yards and a couple touchdowns. So. Good on him. Good on you, uh, Brandon Ayuk. Tough. You, on the other hand, had a very nice pick. A guy who making his NFL debut, Devonta Smith. How's uh, how's a touchdown for you on your as your first NFL catch? Yeah. Uh, do you have a do you have a, a points that he finished with? Um, I can grab um, it here. Give me five seconds because I just have to go to my fantasy box score because I followed my own advice and started him. Six of eight for 71 yards and a touchdown. And that was on, uh, yeah, eight targets, six receptions. That's why he was six of eight. Duh. Um, so that's good for 16.1 points in a half PPR setting, which is what we talked about, uh, which would be a check mark for me. Um, yeah. We said more than 12, and that's what he did. So, yeah, I mean, it was exciting to watch, too. I mean, he, the, I don't know if you see, we watched the touchdown. He, 
Yeah, just I did. I was, I was watching the guy live. right at the line, like just gone. And it wasn't even a, you know, it was a six or seven yard fade to the end zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was also um, graded as the fourth highest rookie on the week per PFF in as far as wide receivers. It was Anthony Schwartz for the Browns at 82.2 Rondell Moore for the Cardinals at 80.9 Jamar, as we mentioned for the Bengals at 77.9 and Devonta at 75.3. So yeah, a really good showing from, from Smith. Um, and he looks, he looks like the chemistry's there with Hertz and he's ready to go. So I, you know, the guy that's maybe not a flex play the way, the rest of the way for if you, if you were able to grab him, maybe even higher than that solid wide receiver contributor. So let's, I mean, let's do our week, our week two picks. I say who you got this week. I'm hoping, hoping for a bounce back. Losers, losers first, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to go with a guy (laughs) who I think is going to benefit from an injury on his team. Um, And that is Tim Patrick from the Denver Broncos wide receiver. He is coming off a, a fine game, uh, only four catches for 40 yards, but he did score a touchdown against the Giants. And now one of his guys who is ahead of him, I would say on the depth chart in Jerry Judy is out this week. And Teddy Bridgewater is, I I feel going to be looking for him more this week, especially against a pretty poor defense in the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team that was burnt to a crisp last week by Tyrod Taylor of all people. And now they get to face Teddy Bridgewater and the, and the Broncos. I think Tim Patrick's going to have a nice game, jot him down for at least 12 points and put him in your flex position. Thank me later. Yeah, no, I, I love that pick a ton. Um, he, you know, as you mentioned, he is having a teammate fall to injury. Unfortunately, Jerry Judy with a really, really sad injury. I, I love Judy, but, uh, last year had the same situation. Cortland Sutton went down week two, um, in, in against Pittsburgh last year. And he, so he had the reins the rest of the way and produced one, two, three, four, five, six weeks that would hit the threshold with a total of five touchdowns on the season six touchdowns on the season so uh he's a guy who may not be a total yardage guy but is a sure look in in red zone situations and or near the end zone so he'll he'll get a share of targets he'll you know and he he could be he could be able to a guy that probably is available in a lot of leagues um mm-hmm. i you know especially in non-dynasty formats that's a guy you could probably grab for free he probably didn't even get picked up this week in some waiver situations so uh really nice plug and play i like that a lot um i am going with a running back this week i am going with you know we all watched the monday night game saw a really incredible way to open up that stadium with fans in it for once in las vegas but one awesome the, game awesome game one of the guys who showed up and showed out in that game uh was Tyson Williams. He is obviously the one of the only men standing in that RB room in Baltimore after their series of catastrophic injuries. Uh, but he was so he was thrust into a big role. You know, they had they had added a bunch of guys. Latavius Murray got some run in the in that game. Uh they cut another guy, Cannon, who had run in that game so they could elevate Bell from the practice squad. They're just cycling through bodies at this point, trying to find something. But they were high on this guy even before uh, Gus had his injury. They were like, look for him to secure the RB2 role. And then all of a sudden, obviously, that turned into the RB1 role. 
Uh, and with that, he had nine rushes for 65 yards and a touchdown and caught another three targets of the air for through uh, for thir- for for 29 yards. Uh, that was good for 17 points in fantasy. And I'd look mm-hmm. for him to do it again because they have um, the Kansas City Chiefs this week. Uh, as you mentioned, the Jaguars are a soft defense against all categories one of them being running their their third at the worst against running backs uh the only two worse than them were in the, the you know obviously one game sample size is weird but you watch the game too kansas city's defense was second worst and they looked like it you know two yeah. great running backs in the browns nick chubb and kareem hunt combined for 21 carries for a hundred and hundred and uh quick maths 120 113 yards 116 yards can't do the maths um <laughs> And there was uh, there was three touchdowns, and then Jarvis even had a little end around that they call a rushing touchdown. So four rushing touchdowns they gave up last week. A team that loves to run against a team that got shown last week that they really can't defend the run or at all that well. Um, and <laughs> or much of anything, yeah, yeah. And and that's a recipe for success. I mean, I'm not calling the Ravens to win that game because, as you saw with Mahomes' magic, he can make a 75 <laughs> yard touchdown up here out of nowhere and just rip your heart out of your soul and stomp on it. Um, I'm not sure it's okay. Um, <laughs> but I think Tyson will do it again. I think he'll find the end zone. And I, I, I really am trying not to get too far ahead of myself, but I, I see the parallels between him and a guy like James Robinson last year, a guy who came out mm. of nowhere and is again, going to be one of those really productive mainstays. You know, James was, he may not be as productive because they're, you know, Harbaugh said today that they're going to run all the bodies. They're going to run. So that means Bell's going to get some work. Not good anymore. Latavius Murray is going to get some work. He was decently good. And then Tyson's going to get work and they might grab three or four running backs and they'll get some work too. But I think Tyson has the highest upside of them. He's the most talented because he's the youngest and he's the freshest of those guys. And I, I expect him to pay off big. Definitely. I like that pick a lot. I think he's going to get a lot of run in that, in that offense, no pun intended. And uh, yeah, I think it's a great choice, especially against, like you said, soft defense, always a good thing to bet on. Um, That's what I was going for last week. And well, I digress. Um, (laughs) Anything else to add before we get out of here? I think that covers it. I just am ready for all football all the time. Yeah, just let's get feels back like to it. We're in we're in the best uh uh freaking hamster wheel, hamster wheel of all time. Football every yep. three days and rinse Football repeat, watch days. again, rinse repeat. Yep. Watching watching Red Zone on Sunday was it just felt right. <sighs> felt like I was where I was supposed to be. Scott Hansen. Seven hours commercial thing. free football. Seven hours yeah. right now. <sighs> yes, it, it was beautiful. And we're going to roll right back to it this weekend. Um, But as always, as always, thanks everybody for listening. Um, Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all of our accounts and apps and all that will be in the info. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, you know, Apple, Stitcher, all the above. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we are there. Search Uh, Warren 94 podcast exactly make sure to give us a five-star review share us with your friends your enemies your loved ones your hated ones your teachers your your frontline workers your your elders whoever 
whoever can whoever can still hear things they can listen to our sweet voices talk about football and and whatnot <laughs> but for evan i am frank we are the warren 94 podcast and we'll talk to you soon peace i'd like to see you try throwing a pick getting hit in the nuts not throwing a pick getting damn it i butchered that <laughs>